Horror, horror, horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make a movie? I wonder what we'll be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess. We're a long way for God knows, son. Slowly Coming out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his mouth, distraction his skin. Right. So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die, and he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence. Can yeah. we try to take two again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions, but... <laughs> Thanks for your correspondence, Jacobs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Let's Make a Horror Movie. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And that's John. Yeah. And this is the um, somewhat silly podcast. Yeah. Where each episode, one of us writes and pitches uh, a horror movie pitch or synopsis, if you will, to the other one, in the hope that the other one will add to it and improve it and um, yeah, generally start yeah. working into something a bit better. But yeah, build upon it, fix it. And then in the doing, then you get to feedback in, yeah. send us emails, tweet us or whatever, and we'll uh, add it into the mix for the next episode. If we all work together, guys... You make something truly wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's everyone just hold hands with the person next to you. Yeah. Wherever you are right now, yeah. just reach out. They'll know what you're doing. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean they'll have listened to it now or have just listened to it. Yeah. Because we're that we're like wildfire. Yeah, Stuff that really happens on here is Yeah, is... we have gone viral. <laughs> <laughs> so um the podcast is normally split these days, at least into yeah. four acts. Yeah. First act, we cover off any feedback. From last week's episode, or last Fortnite yeah. rather's episode. Which was uh, my last pitch, Goodbye Tomorrow, sci-fi moodiness. Cheerio the morn, yeah. as we'd say <laughs> yeah. in uh, Scotland. <laughs> Act two, we cover off anything that we're seeing, listening to, or doing that we think mm. is culturally kind of yeah. relevant to people that we think might listen to this. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's your music, it's your books, it's your movies. Often yeah. words what have been written yeah. down. Art. And then Act 3 is the, the meat and potatoes, the pitch mm-hmm. itself. That's what everyone comes for. Yeah, yeah. That's um, the real filling of this pie. And they stay for the bants. Yeah, yeah. As they say. That was in air quotes. <laughs> and Act 4, if there is one, is a sort of post-mortem of the pitch discussion. Normally we knock around ideas for a title yeah. for the movie. And whatever shit comes into our minds. And there's normally a bunch of shit just yeah. comes out at the end that we sort of, our brains hadn't quite... Or we just slag off the Beatles. <laughs> there is that <laughs> whatever whatever happens I mean I happens. like I, I do like the Beatles so I don't know in hindsight you know I wouldn't want to come off like I didn't like the Beatles oh, no, music of course. I mean I, I, I just pointed out yeah. some things that don't often get talked about with some of them as you know I this, for the first time this year I listened to a Beatles album the White Album it's pretty good yeah, I mean yeah guys you heard great. it here first it's not yeah. a bad album <laughs> yeah don't, don't trust Charlie Manson's words trust mine <laughs> So that's the podcast. Welcome if you haven't been with us before. If yeah. you have been with us. Yeah. That's a weird turn of phrase. If you haven't listened <laughs> yeah. before. Gone through this journey together. <laughs> if you're new, we will forgive you if you want to yeah. skip ahead to Pull Act 3. It's well, uncomfortable. I was going to say we'll forgive you if you want to skip feedback on <laughs> yeah. last week. If you didn't hear last week's, you can skip the feedback. Yeah. Or you can go back, listen to last week's, and then come back yeah. to this one. Up to you. Yeah, because We're free like, and easy. Because I like to think that sometimes the feedback, it's so interesting. It will incite interest in the previous episode. Oh, like, hell oh, yeah. God, like, oh, my God, what are they talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely they, they lost their entire face. What did you mean? That's <laughs> what I'm hoping this is happening. Ah, hello there, and welcome... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, mate. Uh, hello there, and welcome to the first act there. I can see no one having a problem with that uh, anyway. Otherwise known as Act 1. <laughs> so we're going to crack straight. Otherwise. <laughs> so, uh, North of the Wall correspondent and general friend of the show, J-Dubs, has written in. Thanks, J-Dubs. Hello, J-Dubs. Hello, 3DK and the last bear. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that didn't hear last episode, yeah. John's nickname of 3DK stands for 30 Dead Kids. Yep, that's Be- what I like. Because, quote, I've always got 30 Dead Kids in my mind. Yeah. Not 28, not 29, 30. <laughs> Excuse me, the coffee went down the wrong way. And also, you are quite the bear. <laughs> Seemingly. Um... <laughs> He says, I'm pretty smug about my precognitive skills on the pitch. I mean, I do have a a swimming pool full of physics at J-Dub Towers. Psychics, sorry. (laughs) I do have a swimming pool full of psychics at J-Dub Towers, but they were barely of use. Honest. Um, (laughs) Regarding further future feedback, I'll give you this week's in semaphore. 
Flag, 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 side flag, side flag, side flag, 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 low flag, <laughs> high flag, high flags. I trust this will suffice. Yeah, no, you can't use that kind of language on the podcast. <laughs> you have to go to cut that. If that wasn't in semaphore, John, I think, you know, yeah. the old rosers, the boys yeah. in blue might be uh, oh, on their way up. to J-Dubs' yeah. house right now. Yeah. Or ours, you know. Yeah, for I mean, it's a very, very old-fashioned words there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... yeah. I haven't Very heard them for outdated, a long time. yeah, you know, outdated think. or incredibly current depends on what, <laughs> depends on what you what you listening to. Okay, so he says, uh, "P.S. Casting wise, Tandy Newton, and I'll come on to why yep. I'm saying Tandy and not Tandy <laughs> as the female lead. Tim from the Office as the male lead. Peter Serafinowitz again, still the show in a supporting <laughs> role." Uh, lottery numbers for three weeks' time. So these are for the twenty first of December, yep. folks. Take so. A note. Yeah, that's coming up pretty much, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're if you're a yeah. current listener, make this Christmas truly special. If you're an old listener, of course, this will be it'll be a bit like listening to Back to the Future too. Yeah, and we're sort of biff, I guess, somehow. <laughs> if you wish. So two, eleven, sixteen, twenty, twenty-two, and thirty-one. Ah. Didn't call out, don't they do like, and the, and the bonus ball is 21. They do that kind of thing. Like, yeah, on the stroke lottery. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding this week's pitch, now, John, remind me. Oh, goodbye tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. A uh, load of rain, fucked up people. Um, world went, it was all like aliens just systematically and cowardly killing everyone. Yeah, but we didn't know if they were malicious, no. actively malicious, yeah. or whether it's just a byproduct. It was completely Didn't online. know, didn't yeah. know. So, regarding this week's pitch, lots of room in this pitch for character development. Yeah. Padding, if you will. I think you have a good canvas with the looming threat of the extraterrestrial threat. I really like the lack of insight into their motivations or even whether they are malicious of malicious intent. Yeah. The suggestion that they were just an inanimate farm machinery really yeah. sparked my interest. So many places to go with the Black Rain. For example... Testing the mix of black rain, I think it's a bit of a leap to assume the mix of fluid used to decimate the planet's surface would be, quote, right first time when used <laughs> in a new environment. Yeah, that's a good point. This will likely require testing and fine-tuning. This allows the impact to build up over time and would lengthen the timeline between arrival and attack. That is a fantastic idea. That, that is, is quite grim, because you could... You could Eat yeah. the film out in terms of time. Because yeah. you have a kind of a timeline jump yeah. towards the end, but you could do more than one of them. Yeah, you could. Um, and so yeah, you could have people kind of like um, in the same levels of pain, but it's they're a bit more cognizant, still moving. You could do you could do a lot with that. I like that an awful lot. Great, obviously you've got the John Seal yeah, approval. Yeah. There. Thumbs up. I like the quick adaptation of the people to the rain and the survival of the government. I think this is a relatively positive counterbalance to the horrific living dead element of the impact of the rain. Yeah, thank you. Agreeing with this, uh, agreeing with my psychic self. I feel the story is missing the character journey, if not the jeopardy, and mm. I feel you essentially use the main characters as disposable cannon fodder to yeah. pull at the heartstrings. Yeah, that's true. Maybe one of the characters has an insight into the nature of the Black Rain through their education and their experiences with early rain mixes. You could you could have the, the mum maybe having worked at the observatory in the beginning, and she's hung over from the night before, is well, why she's not at work. Yeah. Again, but she's got a bit more of an insight. But then she dies off screen, so... Well, it says, This information is vital to the human survival effort and needs to be transmitted to authorities. Mm. Perhaps this is via email, sending of notes held on a home PC and would add another need for the parents to return home. Yeah. Also, I note that Dan and Lucy are burned together even though Lucy was affected way earlier. Dan skips the queue, eh? (laughs) Classic patriarchy. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that was, I mean, as I wrote that, I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's breaking it a bit. But I, it was a kind of romantic flourish. It, I, I was very much aware that it was mm. a little bit far-fetched. But I thought from like a, a visual point of view, having that happen, maybe they were being thrown into different fires, but the way that it's being edited would make it look yeah. simultaneous. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but I, I, it was just like a little bit of a flourish. I just oh. thought it was a bit more poignant, a bit more sad. Well, J-Dub thinks it's shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> anyway he says uh, back to the pitch yeah regarding the title there is definitely a tomorrow so goodbye tomorrow kind of fucks up your effort yes how about Marvin the Martian and the Cruciatus <laughs> curse that's that's quite good but perhaps nothing nothing on this next one mm-hmm. I feel like this almost deserves a drum roll sky cunts <laughs> space wurzels and the combine harvesters of doom 
Yeah. Peace and love and ho 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 fuckos from Jadons. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, all, all great feedback. I adore Sky Cunts to the point that if it was ever to be made, I would make sure that I get to nod in the script. I would walk on that. As I say, at some point someone's going to say these fucking Sky, sky Cunts. Yeah. yeah. That's um, in there. Well, now, I don't want to smash your uh, fragile sensibilities apart, John, oh, but we've got fragile. another email oh, from Jesus. more feedback. Yeah. This one is from Frank. Yeah, believe Frank's fed into the show before. I can't yeah. remember what episode. I think it was way back, yeah. possibly like episode five or six. Hello, Frank. Have you been busy? Obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Uh, you know what? I think what we can assume is that it takes a John pitch. Yeah. To to really the bings get of the boys to the yard. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if anything, your your pitch shakes bring are bringing yeah. the boys. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, "Hello, Lamar Pod. Uh, hello, Frank. Hello, Frank. Just listen to 3DK's goodbye tomorrow pitch." I couldn't help but think that the description of black rain lashing down outside of school with people writhing around in pain and misery bears mm-hmm. a remarkable similarity to the harsh reality of a Thursday morning school run in the west of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pitch most when it focused on the viewpoint from within the school. Yeah. So how about making Alex and Phoebe the main characters? Mm-hmm. Dan could have dropped them off at school and then they witnessed him succumbing to the black rain. Sweet relief. Yeah. Lucy is already gone. You could have the children and teachers inside the school trying to understand what's happening. Yeah, you could do that. Perhaps you could have a scene where some of the kids get caught in the rain but don't feel the effects. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. This could lead to the belief that it's only adults that are affected by it and a growing feeling that the rain will only stop once all the adults have received a good soaking, i.e. dead. Yeah, that's cool. Perhaps you could have the reports of the UFOs leaving from parts of the world where all the adults have been wiped out. Yeah, that's cool. The teachers obviously wouldn't be too keen on this idea and would try to repress it. Cue the children revolting and sorry, revolting and murdering the remaining adults or forcing them outside without their wow. coats on in time for the next yeah, generation. Yeah, it's a real Lord of Flies turn on it. Happy days. Anyway, happy Friday the 13th. Frank, I think... That's I really mean, cool. Yeah, it, it would certainly change yeah. the sort of latter two-thirds of the film, but I think that's a cracking idea. No, I like that a lot. Um, well, yeah. yeah, it is a bit Lord yeah. of the Fliesy. Because if people didn't realise quite mm. what was happening until it was too late, the amount yeah. of adults would have been thinned out significantly. So, yeah. so actually, you could have the weight of numbers of children just massively outweighing yeah. it. Yeah, totally. And so suddenly, this seemingly benign presence suddenly becomes incredibly malicious and dangerous. Yeah. And, and That's of course, really cool. We, you couldn't really have it more kind of turned on its head than have kids yeah. become the murderers. I mean, because that, that was the main thing that I was quite aware of when I finished it, was that, like, I liked the sort of world that I played with, but I, I wasn't entirely sure I'd told the best story within it. So I think all the events would still happen, yeah. in exactly like it was in the pitch, but that change of focus could work really nicely, because I think that was its flaw. It's got a bit of children with the corn to it or yeah, something yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was a great feedback. Alex wrote in again just briefly to oh, say, hello Alex. Er, hello, Alex. Ermagerd, you said Thandy. As far as I know, it's pronounced Tandy. So, <laughs> and I, as far as you know, I think it's probably correct. I'm sure it probably is pronounced Tandy. Yeah. But, you know, I see it written, I think, mm. more often because in movies, yeah. she's never referred to as yeah. her real name. Obviously, she's of playing course, a yeah, part. That, so that like, would break the movie. So you tend to only see it written yeah. in, say, credits or whatever. I mean, and for no no specific reason, I must stress, I don't think I've actually ever really talked about her. I don't mean I've she, wrote a lot you, about You've always referenced her by she who shall yeah, not be named. Yeah. Yeah. And I've wrote a lot of think pieces. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I don't think I've actually ever been called upon to pronounce her name correctly. Uh, Oddly did, enough. Did you just make a cyanide joke? Amazing. Yes, we did, Alex. Yep. Uh, I have to say I was quite proud of that myself. Yeah, Not that I want to um, big up my own yeah, was lovely. jokes retrospectively, <laughs> but I was low-hanging fruit. We were talking about Ava Brown. Also, is John's nickname supposed to sound like BTK, which I hadn't thought of, but I, I did. <laughs> sort of does work very well. Yeah. And I think that's it from her. Yeah, oh, she, well, she did say the name Thandiwe yep. means beloved in Ndebele. Am I pronouncing that right? That's nah, not how it's pronounced, is it? Nah, I don't get it. I'm, I'm sure that's not how it's uh, Well, and a few other languages of the region. And Thandi is pronounced Tandy in English, it says. So I consider myself corrected yeah. again. I'm having a good run. <laughs> but this is nice. Like, it if is. anything, I ought to sort of just intentionally start including yeah. factual inaccuracies yeah. in the podcast. It's really drawing out the of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any uh, anything to add on last week's episode? Any a casual feedback? No, I don't think I did. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I feel like we've got to the root of goodbye tomorrow. I think we have. I think we've um, really dug into it and we've quite it sorted.
Hello there and welcome to the second act. Oh no, it's so terrible. So terrible. Yeah, no, you made it sound sort of um, in poor taste. I wonder if I could do it in Northern Irish. Hello and uh, welcome. Yeah, because the they are mu- much more relaxed. Yeah, about stuff. Right. hello and welcome to the second act. Welcome to Act Two. There you go. Welcome, welcome to Act Two. Yeah, we're here and let's make a horror movie. Towers, um, doing. Stuff about culture and things. I want to distance myself from this <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, John, the big news. Yep. I feel we'd be remiss not to touch yep. on just one quick thing. Mm-hmm. In Le Mans, yep. Le Mans yeah, there's been a general election. There has. Which, now, we don't know much about politics on this show. Not, none whatsoever. None whatsoever, so we don't really touch yeah. on it. But I was just going to say, you know, I was watching Twitter the morning after yeah um, and it, i just thought it was quite interesting and i sort of came up with this analogy you know i'm bouncing yeah. this off you yeah, so yeah, tell, yeah, me if, tell me if i'm wrong but it sort of felt like you had like a man saying he'll shoot you in the face mm-hmm. and a man saying he won't shoot you in the face yeah. right and then the public decided that they didn't trust the man who was offering to not shoot them in the face yeah. and then twitter's analysis was that people just didn't want to be not shot in the face yeah. Rather, they'd have quite liked like a glancing bullet across the cheek or maybe to lose an ear or something more realistic than yeah. just not being shot in the face. Yeah. So ultimately, I think in future, it'll be more likely like an option of being shot in the face or shot in the belly. And then we'll sort of sort of forget that not getting shot was ever really an option. Yeah. Or at least sort of demonize it and propagandize it as so radical that even the beneficiaries, i.e. people who don't want to die from being shot in the face. Yeah. yeah genuinely believe that really actually they're probably better off being shot in the face yeah i think that's that's, that's a fair summation does that seem fair yeah i yeah. think so and i think i think also as well a lot of people were kind of arguing that people have been shot in the face for a long time and actually not everybody it's not always as bad as you think it is sometimes people will push bullets into their own face <laughs> um because they just fancy the bullet so yeah i it was a it's definitely a strange sort of list of reactions I felt that was like the best way I could summarise it in my own yeah. head. Because I, I, like, I felt like the idea that the chap who would say, I won't shoot you in the face, mm. people were like, yeah, but I don't like you. Yeah. yeah. And now, afterwards, a lot of the papers are saying, not only did they not like him, but by extension, they didn't just, they just yeah. didn't like the concept of yeah. not being shot in the face anymore. Yeah. Like that, if anything, just seemed like wildly yeah. uh, outlandish. It came to the point of like, yeah, but I mean, I don't want, I mean, obviously being not shot in the face is nice, but it can cost a bit. Mm. I'd rather save a few pennies and if it means taking a bullet in the, in, in the in face. In the face, yeah. Anyway, so that was the big news um, outside of cultural highlights or as, yeah. as part of it. I'm, but I'm glad because I just want to make sense of it for myself yeah, yeah. and yeah, I yeah. feel like that's helped me, certainly. No, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, we are um, fumbling around this. And we've, we've never... We've, um, yeah, I'm jolly. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Um, and I had to, I mean, I could, yeah, I couldn't use names because I don't yeah, know yeah. who anyone is. You know, Bob and Sheila. And that's the last time we're going to talk about Strictly. So in terms of other cultural stuff, I haven't really done anything other than been reading and I finished Ben Aranovich's novella, nice. The October Man, um, and I was just going to quickly say it's great because I'd only started yeah. reading it last time. We didn't really know exactly what it was all about, but basically it's contemporaneous with the Rivers of London mm-hmm. novels and it's sort of the German side of it. So mm. for anyone that does read the Rivers of London novels, yeah. you know that they reference, uh, is it Etterberg or Ettenberg? Yes. They reference yeah, like yeah. a Second World War, a battle in the Second World yes, War. Yes, which was like the big decisive battle of magic in the Second World War, wasn't it? Yeah, and so that gets referenced a lot. And then this is the kind of police equivalent yeah. that they've set up in Germany, and then that's who you follow, which is quite cool because it hints at that he's maybe building a much larger story and a much yeah. larger world than he's so far created in the in the sort of British ones. Yeah, because that stuff has been hinted at a lot and it casts a long shadow over stuff, particularly as it becomes a bit more like an international story. Mm. But yeah, it's still very much not been sort of actually properly addressed. So yeah, interesting. So that's story. me. So I finished that. And uh, in terms of my next book, I don't know. Twitter, email us, give me suggestions. <laughs> I actually have a few. I, I still want to read Philip Pullman's latest one and I want to finish The Horus Heresy. I've now taken a bit of a break from history stuff. I've been reading American War by Omar L. and Akat, which is a book about a fictional Second American Civil War. Oh, cool. Um, I'm only about well, maybe a quarter of the way into it. It's amazing. Real speculative fiction, pretty grim, written in a really interesting way. When's it set then? It's set in 2075. 
Oh, okay. So it's yeah. quite a, a distance yeah. from the, the first and, civil war. And the reason the war starts is because um, the world turns on America because of its lack of work on climate change and stuff. And America actually passes a law where they can't use fossil fuels anymore. But the um, four of the southern states do reject that and say, mm. you can't take our fossil fuels away from us. And then they actually secede based upon that. It is brilliant. That sounds fun. It, it's really cool. Strong recommendation. It's, it's amazing. Still living churches. Still been digging into their back catalogue. Very good. But no, nothing new on that. Good, score. I'm pleased. No, no, they're great. They're really good. I um, hope you're paying for it. I hope you're paying for the music. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's on Spotify. I'm <laughs> ah, paying yeah. for that. Spotify. So what? For each play, they'll get like zero point zero 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 zero. Yeah, but I play them a lot. Zero 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 zero. In this economy. <laughs> no, <laughs> to be, no, to be fair, I think no, I haven't paid for anything. <laughs> I've just <laughs> Spotify. Well, you can go I'm, and see I'm them on tour next time. I do want to see them live. There you go. See any horror movies this last two weeks? Uh, we we watched watch Krampus. We watch I, think Krampus. We, I think we... Um, it is the season. It is the season, Tony Collette as well. Oh, know. God, yeah, she's wrong. amazing. Mm. Uh, one, one of my favourite actors. It's probably why I don't talk about Tandy. Because of, <laughs> of Tony Collette. You mean Tony so, Collette? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't even work. But I'm just yeah, making yeah, it, Tony Making it trying to work. Um, we watched two 80s movies in the last couple of weeks. We watched Life Force, which is a very weird... It's basically space vampires with a, with a young Patrick Stewart in it. Mm. There's some cool stuff in it. It's made by Tobe Hooper. Oh, wow. I recommend it. A lot of nudity, though. Toby. Is, I think it's pronounced Toby, isn't it? Is it? I know it's spelt Tobe, but I'm pretty oh, sure... Listen, I'm pretty sure I've heard it pronounced... Is this you trying to get more at Lamar Pod? No, no, at Lamar Pod on Twitter or or email us at let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. Is it Toby or Tobe or Toby or Tob E? Yeah, that's the same. Yeah, we'll cut that bit out. (laughs) Trying to come up with a third variant, slightly slower. What are the options? Toby, Tobe, Toby, or Toby? Yeah, or Tobe and Tobe. Yeah, Tob, Tob, Tobe. Yeah, or T O B. So if it's any of them, write in, text yeah. us, text us. Let's join into living this segment. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, I'd give it maybe six, seven out of ten. It has some cool stuff in it. Ends very good. It ends a little bit like Quatermass and The Pit. It's very similar sort of vibe to it. It's in London too. And we also watched The Fury, an old Brian De Palmer movie. When he made Carrie, the, the studio said, well, here's twice as much money, but we want it to be about psychic kids again. And he did it. But not as well. <laughs> but there's some cool stuff in it. It's got Kurt Douglas in it and a few of the good folk. It's, it's all right. Nice. I've got them on the Arrow sale. Which is oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think they're both on sale and uh, they're both decent. Uh, nice additions. Yeah, I see. They've got an Exorcist 3 out. I would quite like yeah, to. Yeah, wouldn't mind getting my hands on see, that. Yeah. I've been trying to get hold of Weird Science because I loved Weird Science as a kid. It's an absolutely great movie. I love the band Ongo Bongo. There they you are go. Brilliant. Welcome to Act 3. <laughs> yes, in answer to your question, John, this has been a bit of a troubled period yeah. of writer's labour. Yeah, I don't know how you would... No, 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 come out easy, mate. It's a busy time of year. Oh, Very busy yeah. time of year. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole load of shit going on. You know how yeah. much I like trains. You love trains. And travelling on public transport yeah. trains in Britain, the private That's why ones. you work where you work in it, because mm, you thought... Oh, because so I get to do yeah. it I'll, every day. I'll work anywhere I can, as long as i got to get yeah. there by train. Well, so they've been on strike... Mm. And I'm actually, nonetheless, I'm on the side of the strikers. Of course. But that's an irrelevance because I'm still being crowbarred to commute in every day on sort of 10% of the existing service. Jesus. So that's been fun and making things more difficult. Obviously, we've had some something happening in politics over the last couple of weeks. Something over, yeah. Busy at work. And this story I thought I had down and then I sort of bullet pointed it. Yeah. And then I just, I don't know, I couldn't, I hit a sort of wall when I came to write it and I just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't get it over the line. Yeah. So, look. Long story short, the caveat basically yeah. is this one isn't fully formed. There's tons of room in it for input changes. Yeah. You name it, not just from you, but from Lamamians mm. in general. Uh, but you know, look, I was having fun, and actually, it's a return. It, it, it's sort of a homage to an earlier. There's there's, oh, okay. there's nods to an earlier kind of world. Yeah. That we've created in Lamont yeah. Pod before. So um like that's that's it just it is what I'm it is. I'm very excited. It's a difficult child this one. So, All the best children are. Yeah, so it probably needs a bit of naughty step yeah. and some smacks. We've all we've all seen the the, the <laughs> <laughs> Smacks is a snack. Yeah 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 smack. Yeah yeah <laughs> you, mean, you just need to smack to really even them out. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to seeing your... Um, not advocating kids, drug. just in case, no. in case anyone does no. take that seriously, that was not an advocate. No, it's just advocating giving them drugs. Yeah, heroin, smack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mother's aid, <laughs> as they called it. M- Mama's little helper, yeah. Mama's back pocket friend. Um, I don't know, that's where she keeps it. Just traditionally. Traditionally, yeah. kid smack is kept in the back pocket yeah. of mum's <laughs> trousers. Smack. Yeah, kid smack. KS. Yeah. It's Got a KS, man. It's <laughs> really bright colours. <laughs> Suck your dick, man. You got any KS? That's what you hear. That's what you hear it on is, the streets. you hear it all the time, mate. From the kids. Oh, it's grim. Fucking yeah. grim. Especially at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sad, isn't it? Yeah, because it sounds out everywhere, doesn't it, man? <laughs> you can't get your hands on kids, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like, like cabbage f- It's like Furbies. <laughs> That it is the big Christmas thing this year. Yeah. Kids Mac. It's the one that they don't talk about on TV, but it's always on the list. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, strap yourselves in. This could be a rambling, big old Dave mess. So, buckle up your seatbelts, eh? We're going on a journey. Where's my lighter? Where's my lighter? I can't start without my lighter. Oh, it's here. Panic yeah. over. Everyone stop panicking. <laughs> we open on a craftsman. Working on something. Ooh. <laughs> Full black screen mm-hmm. with only the figure and his very immediate surrounds illuminated by candlelight. So we struggle to get a sense of any kind of perspective. But this is yeah. a cold open, by the way. Yeah. So I'm going to outline this scene, but the rest of it mm-hmm. will mostly be synopsis. So, um, full black screen just in the middle, you've got like a little yeah. illuminated figure and you kind of probably pan in, so close zoom zoom in, in slowly yeah. on him. So as we pull in, we get the sense that he's in some sort of crazy workshop. But it's only lit by candlelight, so yeah. you can only see it very immediately around him. He's hunched over his bench, working on a cog-based machine in a box. Ooh. After some fiddling and clicking, he closes the lid and starts winding a brass arm on the side. As he winds, after a few moments, we begin to get distinct flickers in the candlelight and sounds that are definitely something else, but are too enmeshed in the winding of the brass crank to be certain. The craftsman is focused on the flat panel on the top of the box. Sweating and increasingly agitated by the odd sounds and dampening light, wide-eyed, he watches as the lid of the box starts to blur and shift as he continues to wind it. Ooh. It changes into all sorts of colours before giving us what looks like a quick glimpse of the cosmos before turning a dark purple hue and refocusing on what looks to be a moving image of the craftsman himself. That's awesome. The craftsman in the box appears to be in the vision in the box yeah. appears to be rich, surrounded by coins and gold and silver objects, grinning and prancing around. We see the picture shift as he meets a lady, and a series of shifting images appear to show a budding romance. But in the final image, we see the craftsman in an argument with another man. This man morphs into a huge, horrific-looking brute, nightmarish and unreal. He's wielding mm. an axe and confronts the craftsman in the vision. The craftsman in the room, cranking the box, starts to shake, and he's clearly trying to pull his head away from the vision in the box, but he can't. Straining to pull his face away, we all watch as the inbox craftsman looks straight out of the vision at the real-life craftsman with a horrible twisted grin and empty eye sockets. Still looking at the real craftsman, the hideous one in the vision raises one arm out to his side, and the huge brute with the axe comes in swinging, chopping off the arm. Q screams in the room as we see the real in real time that the real craftsman's left arm drops to the floor as if it's been hacked off. Like it's yeah. all invisibly. Yeah. The real craftsman, screaming in pain, desperately tries to remove his hand from the brass crank as the blood cascades from his left shoulder. He can look away from the box now, but he can't get his hand off the crank and the box is immovable. The in-vision craftsman takes a step into the path of the brute again as the real craftsman becomes hysterical trying to get away from the box but being unable to do so. The brute takes a large, low vertical swing and slices up the vision craftsman's belly, and again in real time we see a cleft drive up the real craftsman's belly as he drops to his knees. Cutting to another angle, so we can't see the vision on the box anymore, we see the craftsman trying to hobble on his knees. Finally, his hand is released from the crank on the box. As he frantically starts shuffling himself to his feet, his entire frame freezes, and then both his legs drop off as if locked by a woodman's axe. The craftsman drops to the floor like a stone, and with horrific heaving sobs, puts his remaining arm out in front of him, 
as we see over his shoulder a long distended and unbelievably thin arm with a gloved hand emerges from the top of the box on the bench, picks up one of the legs and drags it back up onto the bench and down through the top of the box. Cuts to black. That's amazing. (laughs) That's really good. So that's the cold open. I actually, I mean, we could talk about it at the end, but that last bit, that last few lines, like I've went through so many variants trying to make it as scary and horrible as I could. So I don't know. It could be better. But that's, that's, that's one of my at. favourite cold openings we've ever done. Oh. That's really good. That is absolutely cracking, mate. All right, well, let's see if the, re- the rest of it probably doesn't quite live up to the same start. <laughs> but um, hopefully I've set the scene enough to give yeah. you an idea of what I'm driving at. Yeah, and awesome. that might help as we as we go through. So at one... Hold on. Got, um, to, got to have one of my death sticks, John. Of course. Carry yeah. on, so you, I interrupt. Um, yeah, do we get any impression in terms of era? Is there anything to give away that it's modern or... Old. Looks so, old. We, there's cool. not a huge... Obviously, because of the limited view, Yeah. we didn't get to see a lot, but from the look of the bench and the tools... And his we're clothes thinking, and stuff. We're, we're thinking getting, yeah. old, old. Cool. Got so, uh, probably not modern era. Yeah. There was nothing, like, no plugs or yeah, yeah, electric. There's no like, flat screen behind him or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get you. No, there's no, there's a little Alexa sat on there. Of course, yeah, so, yeah it could, could be any time <laughs> in the last two minutes. Right, Alexa, <laughs> I've just been I've just been cleaved by an invisible <laughs> bloody axe. I'm sorry, I did not understand that. Yeah, um, so no, it's all at one in a huge and elaborately decorated library of sorts, humming with activity. We see hundreds of people, all dressed in similar robes and variants, going about some business or other around the desks and the stacks. Hanging in the middle of this vast domed structure sits a huge mechanism of cogs and wheels all turning and moving, powering something. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the floor of this great central room, in a space that opens onto endless books and equipment shelves, amongst what appears to be a small army of scribes busy at work across innumerable rows of desks, Mm -hmm. sits a vast, square, gilded wooden frame seemingly the output point of whatever the cog machine is doing flat on the floor almost like a square well but closer to being flush with the floor more mm-hmm. like a huge kind of low set indoor pond or awesome. something. Uh, the space within the frame is hazy and shifting but occasionally mm-hmm. there seems to be an image of some sort the frame itself is sat within a circle of armed guards judging from their dress this is late pre-christ so say 100 mm-hmm. bc or shit so. yeah we're talking really old yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, are we um, talking any kind of, like, steampunk sort of influence, or is it way before that, is it, like... This... Because uh, well, it, it sounds like it, it could be quite fantastical. Mm. Some of that sounds absolutely amazing. It could go down that route. Mm-hmm. Definitely hold opinion that for thinking on in the in that yep. floor, because I think that could be a a way to take that. But let's, let's see where we yep. get to. So... Pin inserted. So, yeah, so pre-Christ, say, around 100 BC... And though at a glance they look like they're wearing Roman armour, something is different about it. It's more elaborate in places and more stripped back in others, and the weaponry is also unusual. Cool. I forget that when I'm telling the story I can't just smoke after after <laughs> yeah. wait. We follow a scribe and we get some general context with light conversation and interactions with other people from said scribe. Colleagues, really. Yeah. Uh, in the area she works in. People referring to what they may have seen in the window today. For listeners, I'm using yeah. air quotes. So I'm referring to the fl- frame mm-hmm. on the floor that yeah. shows them shit. It's clear that they're talking about that. Yeah. So whenever I refer to a window, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. So what they've seen in the window today, did anyone catch that person X saw Y in the window and it's growing straight into Z's most recent work on T? Mm-hmm. You yeah. get the idea. I, I'm not writing it's whole all, script But here. it's all general... At this point, as an audience, you've got no context of really what they're talking about. It's just names and strange things. Yeah, it's giving you a bit of a, a vague context, yeah. trying to give you a vague understanding of what we're looking at and what's yeah. going on. So, so you've got a big library with a big machine in it mm-hmm. and this big window in the floor, and it, it yeah. seems to be the centre and the source of the work going yeah. on all around. Yeah, it's been observed and, and documented we're following and studied. This, and, yeah. We start following this scribe, and then these are the conversations that should start taking place. So it's all fitting into place, mm-hmm. a li- well, a little bit. Yeah. And there's a few mutters of the word mumu. <laughs> or it could be mumu, I haven't. M-U-M-M-U. Yeah. Anyway, our scribe is approached to go and welcome a newcomer to the island. And through a series of establishing shots of the island, we determine it's not very big, but is reasonably populated and thriving. And we come back to the scribe meeting the newcomer off the boat at is, a small harbour. Is it Atlantis? Wait. Oh, sorry, wait. sorry, sorry. She's got to wait in it. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited. It's like... Well, island's harder. 
Unless it is Ireland and the opening of the podcast uh, is a yeah, clue. Yeah, the voices. So she's meeting a new... Our scribe, who's a she, I don't know if I mentioned that, she's meeting yeah. a newcomer off the boat, the small harbour. Here we get a fair chunk of relevant exposition as well. Our scribe is Belili. Oh. She's meeting Lagus off the boat and taking him to the Great Library, which must be the building with cool. the cogs in the middle that we saw. The island is, renown- is a renowned centre of knowledge and learning, with advances oh. far beyond contemporary Rome or Greece. And Lagos is here to work in the Great Library too. Islanders, it turns out, were all initially exiles from Babylon about the time of the Xerxes invasion about 400 years ago, mm-hmm. and since then it's been a hidden haven that has prospered through remaining secret and possibly other means too. Additional islanders, like Lagos, are normally found and invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from Egypt, and he's got this technical ability, so yeah. he's a bit of a swordsmith, blacksmith kind yeah. of a chap and somehow or other was on the run from wherever he was yeah. in Egypt. And, so we get a uh, lot of different kinds of people, a lot right, of different kinds of stuff. a lot of different of kinds of people coming to the island now. It was sort of founded based on people mm. exodusing. Nice. So. The island is run by a conglomerate of elders from the centre room, so the great library we talked mm-hmm. about, the one Belili works in as a scribe. And they, somehow or other, know who to reach out to when needed, i.e. other exiles frequently, and based on what limited knowledge Lagus has gathered on the boat trip here, he asks more about the source of this knowledge that the island apparently produces, though it's fairly clear this isn't knowledge she's going to share, at least not straight away. So a chunk of Act 1 is getting a little more in- insight into what Lagus is doing here. He's a bit of a natural swordsmith, blacksmith, yeah. engineer, as I said. Mm-hmm. We see his quarters and we get a bit of an idea of the place through yeah. his eyes, yeah. you know. So we get that kind of... Other kind of like power dynamics, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, so we also follow Belili back to her scribe's physician in, in the great central room. But in her story, we get a bit more uncertainty creeping in from some odd or out of place looking mm-hmm. groups of people here and there throughout the outer halls. So this yeah. is a great complex. I say this is a huge complex. Yeah. So the Busy. great domed room is the centre yeah. where she works, but there's like tons of shit. A lot of activity. You get the impression that there's stories playing out everywhere. Everywhere, right, yeah. yeah. Out of place looking groups of people here and there throughout the outer halls of the mm-hmm. great room. Also, a seemingly madman screaming for them to, quote, change the lens, end Ooh. quote. Towards the end of Act 1, we build the tension as we get some of Belili's point of view in the huge cavernous space in the main room, with a series of escalating shouts and some screaming. Some smashing sounds, all coming from different places around the chamber, but we can't see where from, because we're kind of with yeah. her, right? She can't yeah. see, we can't see. Then in an instant, the entire central room, this huge cavernous space, falls into an inky darkness. Essentially, we get a series of scares here, but not jump scares. Rather, there's panic uh, and people going, you know, rushing to and fro Mm -hmm. in frenzy, just in darkness. All the scribes, including Mm -hmm. Belili, have a candle on their desk, so she can light a candle, but again, it just gives Mm -hmm. you your immediate light. And there are some other candles lit, but there's something going on, so, you know, people are panicking. So you can almost um, see movement, but not really what is movement. You can't really see much beyond, yeah, say a couple of feet yeah. in front of her, but you're getting a sense, because it's a huge room yeah. full of people, and yeah, yeah. something's kicking off, and so, you know, you can yeah. imagine the kind of echoed screams yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah, you get a real sense of activity. When Very confusing. So some people that get close enough for us to glimpse are panicking, some are just curious as to what's going on, but there are screams and shouting getting louder from beyond the mm-hmm. black veil. Out of nowhere, the guards that we saw at the start of the movie that encircled the, uh, or at the start of the act, encircling the frame, the window, in the floor, they suddenly burst out of the darkness in procession past Belili, sort of through her candle light, if you like. And there's an increase in the noise, and it's clear that there's fighting going on very close, and perhaps a retreat. Then as that dies down, what we presume is the last of the guards falls into the candlelight, only to have a large, sharp-fingered, gloved hand from an unnaturally thin and long arm protrude from the darkness and pierce all its fingers through the guard's back and out through his chest armour nice. before dropping him and disappearing into the darkness again. Yeah. So you just saw an arm. That mm. was it. A fucking big, weird yeah. one. Um, <laughs> with, with sharp fingers. Yeah, of course, yeah. The act culminates in a scene where essentially there's an uprising based on the usage of this window mm-hmm. that seems to show them things and as far as we've discerned, give them knowledge in some fashion. Mm-hmm. From the darkness emerge a band of rebels and rebel leaders, one of which is holding the box from the beginning, but intentionally cool. facing it away from him into the darkness whilst cranking it. Shit. In fact, that's where the darkness appears to be spilling from. Wow. 
So amongst the inky shadows, we occasionally catch a glimpse of a giant thin limb hinting at something huge but wretchedly gaunt. Mm. We never see it. So I was thinking a bit like if you if you think a troll hunter. Yeah. Some of some of the little shots here and there, we you suddenly realise you're looking at like a leg with a knee. Yeah, you can you get some kind of scale, kind of but thing. not much else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the act ends with the rebels, or the I'm going to start calling them the usurpers. Actually, okay. so it's easier. So the act ends with the usurpers collecting together and killing the, as we discover, ruling elders of the island, mm-hmm. who were also in that main hall, killing them with terrible stuff from the box. I'm not going into detail, yeah. but you can imagine we could go off on some yeah. cool fun there. This uh, uprising is to change the lens, we learn. The lens, we gather, is what is showing us the images in this floor window, and for centuries it has been trained on Mumu, and now apparently it's time to see what other knowledge can be learned from the gods. Wow. Cue a lot of panic and more exposition, and screaming around why changing the lens would be a bad idea. More people killed as they started to change the lens, right? So there's some mechanism where... Yeah. It, um, I think I go into a bit more detail in a minute, but just for for our benefit, yeah, it's sort of like a, a portal's maybe the wrong word, but mm-hmm. if we just think of it as a portal for the minute, yeah. and and this machine that powers it is actually allowing them to see um, stuff that gods are showing them. Yeah, in this case, Mumu, who's I think we learn a bit more later, but it's like yeah. a, a, an ancient Babylonian god. Nice um, of like knowledge and uh, technical know-how. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, but you can change the lens, yeah, yeah. And so you might see uh, visions from somebody else, yeah. which might have a whole different experience. Awesome. We don't know yet all of that detail. I've just given you cool. a bit of context. Yeah. So more people killed as they start to change the lens. So that's probably pulling a lever or some mm. sort of mechanical process. Yeah, like huge shifting. Yeah. So it's part of the background. cog machinery in the hall, and it will change what they will see, who they have access to in the portal window. Mm-hmm. Back to Belili's point of view, she's getting the fuck out of Dodge and bolts in the other direction to yep. all of this action out of the chamber. Yeah. So we've pretty much got her point of view. Mm-hmm. She's the reason we get to see all of this stuff. Yeah. And then Act 1 pretty much culminates with her being like, oh shit. Um, just lagging it. Just don't know, yeah, we just yeah. Don't know what to do. Roads all a flutter, just fucking bolting. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, yeah, suddenly everything's kind of upside down. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to start pounding stone with sandals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's what I would do. Act 2. Mm-hmm. So Act 2 sees Belili by chance bump into Lagos again, yep. um, who we'd last seen essentially getting introduced to his new digs and duties. Of course. He being new to the island doesn't really have any idea what's going on in general, mm. uh, but can see as we can that there seems to be some sort of wider revolt happening um, outside the hall as well. Yeah. He has no idea what's happened inside the hall, like we do, but he flees with Belili out of the Great Library complex entirely as they head for her family home. Yeah. So you got to remember the time. Everyone lives together, all families in cool. one house, so she's um, going home, but her whole family. What kind of age are we looking at for Belili? Like mid-20s, early 30s? Yeah, I think I think early 30s. Yeah, youngish yeah. sort of woman, but She's a young woman, but yeah. mature, a mature yeah. young woman. Yeah. So yeah, say so early 30s. And probably Lagos isn't, you know, he's maybe a little, yeah. maybe a little younger. Yeah, you can imagine anybody skilled enough to be brought to the island is not going to be straight out of school. Yeah, she whatever. she is native to the island, so cool. she she's born and raised on the island, mm-hmm. whereas he is one of these sort of exiles that they yeah. find and reach out cool. to. He's been like headhunted almost. <laughs> well, yeah, in a sense, but mm. from a sense of almost mutual. Um, benefit so he yeah. needed somewhere to go yeah they wanted to help and wanted his skills yeah. it's marriage made in heaven of course uh, or made in pre-heaven yeah because obviously this is before christ or in australia so she and lagos then decide well because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on yeah, so he's yeah. new so he's, he's like look i'll, I'll come sure with war. you yeah i'll yeah. come with you like this is my first day even on the island so like i haven't yeah. You know, it's not like I can go and meet my mates. He's been thrown in feet first. Now. Deep in, like, yeah. So he's, he goes on? off with Belili. They go off yeah. back to her family home. And we, you know, get a bit of exposition where we find out Belili is native to the island. Mm-hmm. And that her father, you know, their roots go back. They're, you know, yeah. they um, are descendants of some of the first Babylonian exiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a perfect way of... As a consequence, Belili's father had some connections to the elders and had mm. some sort of, some sort of say. Yeah. It wasn't the sort of leader. No, but he's definitely but like an advisor or... Senior person. Yeah. And thus, when Belili gets home, she finds that her father and family have been, are being murdered, depending on uh-huh. how you how you want to do it in the movie. Yeah. You know, you might want to show it, you might not. Uh, it could be like Aunt Veru and Uncle Owen, you know, <laughs> however you want to do it. But the reason that that's happened is because this usurping of the old way of doing things yeah. 
has you know is not just confined to the great yeah. library it is now it's sort of island wide it's yeah. obviously been happening and they've cut, um, cut the head off the whole thing they've like just go for the advisors the, the elders get yeah. them all done so i also thought that here when they thought they were clear to go and have a look, Belili and Lagos tried to get into the house and actually ran into a remaining handful of these usurpers who yep. then beat the shit out of them. Then, basically going to introduce a second storyline, because we cut back to the main room to see the changed mm-hmm. lens. So we see a new band of uh, sort of pro-moomus, mummus, what did I say, moomus, moomus, pro-moomus people. Yeah, moomins. <laughs> so we introduce a secondary storyline where we follow a sort of scout-type character called... Well, we later find out it's called Celine. Uh, and she witnesses what happens with the lens being changed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see her reporting back to a small gang of kind of pro moomoo fighters yep. that are kind of on the side of the overthrown elders. And what we see, and what she tells us through us following her, is that the changed lens is now basically a, a view into the mind of the god Hanpa, the ancient god of evil. So the haze of the frame, the window, has spilled up and risen up and over the edges like a slow flood. And with everyone watching, and Celine is the person we're seeing this through, Mm -hmm. and she sees someone touch it and their flesh immediately starts to shrivel and turn a death-like grey with immense speed. As their robe then falls away from their frail frame, Mm -hmm. then their belly splits like a wet paper bag, and as the contents are spilling out, the sort of dying corpse starts to fall, and in the falling, he's so kind of loose now hmm. that the skin of the face starts to pull away from the skull Jesus. before he even hits the ground. That's so, cool. <laughs> yeah. So we see that happen, yeah. and then we get scenes of the original elders being sacrificed to these same kind of things and other things that we're seeing in the window. Again, loads of artistic license there to do yeah. whatever. Yeah, loads of, of scares, loads of gore, not very much. But in this process, we establish a sort of leader of the usurpers and we get a bit of setup of that context a mm-hmm. bit. And we also see how the visions from this new god are not benign like the previous one. And instead, they start interacting with people in the great room and around, wow. like in the opening scene of the movie. So we start to get the feeling that either this is all planned by these usurpers or mm-hmm. it's rather quickly moved out of their control. Yeah, yeah, much more than they bargained for. Right. Back to Belili and Lagos again. Uh, we They end up basically in Act 2 after getting the shit beaten out of them they accidentally end up joining up with Celine's fighting mm-hmm. group yep. or a fighting group that then joins up with Celine's yep. and alongside them and some other pockets of resisting populations they prepare to go back and mount a challenge to change the frame yep. unlike most people Belili actually knows what's going on and now the fighters have updated her about what's happened with the frame she's one of the few who knows how big the danger of changing the frame to Hanpa is yeah, yeah. Hanpa, the god of evil. Obviously, we've seen a taste here and there ourselves, but this is with regards to the other islanders who don't work in the Great Hall of the Library. Yeah. So the knowledge of what happens in there with regards to the frame and the window normally isn't necessarily so much forbidden as politely not spoken about of course, yeah. to those not in immediate contact with. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you get people there who do just other jobs. Right, and so most people don't really know all the ins yeah. and outs of what's going on, but obviously Belili being a scribe of what gets... She's the knowledge that comes out, she knows exactly yeah. how how you know this is a fucking problem yeah big problem (laughs) so they make a plan to get back to the frame and change the lens or to try and destroy it as those who know the history of this window know that mumu was the only benevolent view they'd found in the dark early days of the tech and the danger of leaving it an open conduit to the corruption of hanpa is an existential threat so just fleeing the island isn't really an option plus it's also their hope yeah it'll just expand and expand Mm. and engulf the world as it were in Act 3... Fuck a duck. There you go. This is a, this a lot is of duck great. fucking. Yeah. Ducks will get fucked. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a guarantee. This is a duck fucking story. Yeah, on, right. on the poster, that's that's what you're going to be stamping on it. Are you ready to see a duck get fucked? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, Act 3. The protagonist party... Yeah. So that's including now the now established players of Belili, Lagos, and the more recently established Celine and her mm-hmm. gang of uh, yeah. sort of fighters and she's clearly like, like the most capable of all of them. She's like the real like yeah. We don't know yet. I mean, I haven't given her any real backstory, mm. but I think there's a whole load of 
pretty, yeah. again it just depends how much or how little of that story you need to include yeah. for the pacing I, I get the impression that she'd be the kind of character correct me if I'm wrong who wouldn't really give a lot away she's not going to be going oh god this really makes me think of my lost brother and yeah this. she's <laughs> yeah, right. like no let's just get the job done. Yeah, job done yeah what's quite cool is that like although I refer to her as a scout mm. um, that's just what she was doing yeah I mean, we don't know. That, that, I mean, that probably wasn't her job. She's on yeah. this island that's very yeah. much a knowledge-based thing, so she probably has a completely different role yeah. and just happened to be like, oh, shit, shit's got... You know, also, scouts then... choose to be like the best... The rest of them probably still are, but if you play games like Command & Conquer, they're the weakest <laughs> unit, and that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that. I mean, wow, Command & Conquer. Yeah, Good right, reference, that John. All the kids will get that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, the, the party... The, 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 the protagonist party there, uh, therefore, encounters fighting and horror to get back to the great library mm-hmm. building. There's more influence leaking out from the now corrupted window than mm-hmm. just the literal flood element inside. People are going bonkers all around. I'd imagined that this inky blackness has spread throughout the great library complex and was growing ever outwards like a sort of dark lava. Mm-hmm. We get a long sequence of the party entering the complex and sort of fighting strokes surviving their way through with losses on the way. Of course. I'm picturing a sort of ancient Greek with Babylonian elements, nightmare vision of the scene in Aliens when the troops first enter the alien hive. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pwn. I want you to, was it, I want you to uh, lay down as pressing fire and yeah. fall back in teams. You know, that, that whole thing. So, you know, the, yeah. the, the Babylonian ancient Greek equivalent of, of laying down a suppressing yeah, fire yeah. And, and falling back in teams. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. It is amazing. Everything starts to look the same Mm -hmm. and it becomes confusing because of the darkness everywhere and the increasing sense of exposure and panic. Mm Like to give you, to try to give you a sense, you've got to imagine all these huge, so the huge central library building and all the buildings in the complex all around surrounding it, connected to it, inside them. Once they've got inside that complex, Mm -hmm. everything just becomes like a pitch blackness up to the sides. And also, you could imagine that the influence of whatever it is is starting to shift stuff slightly making it even worse yeah so it's 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 really so you know you don't know there could be a wall a foot to your left or there could be a chasm a hundred feet deep you just don't know um and so that really i think adds to the would they be fighting just sort of creatures in darkness or would they be like people who are corrupted or i think i think corrupted people or i've left this very open as to how this can manifest which gives us so much flexibility to Mm. what you want to have coming out yeah yeah so uh, maybe again bit for the act four post pitch discussion because uh, you could take it any number yeah. of ways basically but you'll see I have kind of yeah. had a, a couple of different options yeah no I'll let you finish because I've, I've got a cool visual thing now I think nice so everything starts to look the same because of the darkness everywhere and the increasing sense of exposure and panic this climaxes with fights and horrors inside the main building more deaths and losses which leads to a panicked dash to the controls for the frame in the main central room of the library Though, of course, it's all dark, so most of Act 3 is lit very closely by mm. candles or sort of flame torches. Um, so the previous scales of all these buildings and rooms is completely irrelevant as the mm-hmm. danger could come from any direction at any yeah. time. The act climaxes with the remaining protagonists, and I'm thinking at this point, Belili and Lagos is still alive, and perhaps a couple of key remaining people from the fighting group yeah. B story, such as Celine. Uh, and a couple other people yeah. that we I haven't but they've all got name. a few wounds a few scrapes oh uh, yeah yeah they've yeah. been through it and they've yeah. seen some fucked up shit as well so though Celine wasn't the scout before this she just happened to be doing that role once the usurper started mm-hmm. their attack she has more of a storyline than I've covered here they get to the lens controls and via some further scares and fighting and the loss of Lagos who I think maybe probably gets killed in the trying to get them to the controls to change the lens yeah. back they finally get the lens changed, though in the scramble to do it, the mechanism breaks at the same time. So though Belili uh, is gutted about Lagos popping his clogs, yep. at least he helped her change the lens back, mm. and the darkness that's been surrounding them like thick ink is starting to finally change. Yeah, yeah. However, through another scare, we understand that this final last-ditch changing of the lens again wasn't back to Mumu, and instead to something completely unknown. Not through anyone's fault, but it had taken them years of trial and error to find the Moomoo lens, so it was always a gamble. Of course. The new window view causes the entire building, in fact the island, to start violently shaking. The frame holding the window shatters along with the huge cogs hanging above it, which have become visible again Mm -hmm. as the darkness starts to recede. In the now somewhat illuminated chaos, Belili and Selene witness the leader of the usurpers meet a grisly end. Mm -hmm. Again, however we want to do that. Similar to the opening scene, I'm thinking, but worse. 
as he had looked too long into the new window view, which was now spreading worse than yeah. before. Perley would smash that. Oh, yeah, he, he really, really would. would. Yeah, he really yeah. would. But Lily and Celine see the original little box lying next to them. They don't mm-hmm. know really what that is, yeah. so they grab it and make their escape. It ends with them making it to a boat at the harbour, which we sort of started to film mm-hmm. at. And as we look back at the island, a literally gigantic black tongue breaks through the huge wow. dome of the great library like it was a tiny matchbox building and starts lolling and swathes around the vicinity. Wow. Buildings are dashed to pieces and anything caught by saliva slowly melts, including mm. people. It's clear the island's going under. Yeah, it's fucked. Belili and Selene jump on a packed refugee boat and we see from a distance the whole island start to shift and tear. It's now surrounded by a gigantic dark pole and we can only make out the silhouette of a hand almost the size of the island itself before everything is lost to black. Wow. And I think we get some sense that the island is somehow dragged underneath the waves. So the final scene in the movie is of the refugee boat days later. Floating somewhere, presumably off Greece, Mm -hmm. someone asks where they are, and the captain says he reckons they're near the island of Antikythera. The captain remarks that it's fine weather for the tail end of the 10th month, which is December in the calendar at the time, but of course it's pre-Christ. So We cut to Belili sitting on the deck, and she removes the ragged blanket from around the box she took from the island as they fled. Mm-hmm. An old woman sees it and starts immediately screaming, panicking, ranting and raving. A few people join her after they see the box and before we get any real idea of what's going on, the same inky darkness from earlier starts spilling out from the box at breakneck speed and as it covers the deck the whole ship starts to lurch downwards and as they get pulled inexorably under the waves, the darkness fills the mouths and the screams of the inhabitants and they either die from drowning in the sea or from drowning in the evil darkness. Wow. The end. That's amazing, mate. That's a, that's a lot, that is. So, a couple of little postscript yeah. notes. I don't know if you know about this, but basically something that I've been obsessed with, not obsessed, but something mm-hmm. I've really been interested in for years yeah. is a thing called the Antikythera Mechanism, yeah. right? which basically was a a sort of bronze, rusted Mm -hmm. mechanism that was pulled from the sea near the island of Antikythera in Greece. I'm probably pronouncing that slightly wrong. Yeah. uh, In 1901. And nobody... People didn't think anything of it. And then I think in the 70s, somebody started looking at it. And long story short, this is technology that was built around 100 BC. And yet the clockwork mechanisms in it, in terms of knowledge, were lost to the globe until the 14th century. Wow. So that's almost a one and a half thousand year difference between the knowledge existing categorically, disappearing again, and then being reinvented, essentially. That's amazing. In, uh, I believe, 14th century France. So... That's fucking mental. And no one yeah. knows where it came from. They've got vague theory. Obviously, you know, obviously a lot of people looked at it. They reckon, or the most current thinking is probably about 100 BC mm-hmm. um, that it was built. Some people think it was maybe on the way to Julius Caesar, but nobody really knows. It was just found there in the sea. Without any context. Without, it, well, it was, on a, it was in a Roman wreck that had... Wow. Well, I say it was in a boat wreck that yeah. had other stuff on it. Yeah. We don't know if it was Roman... Christ. And just had stuff from well, it's in it's in Greece, right? So it had stuff from Rhodes in mm. it. So it had like I don't know, I think pottery that was from Rhodes and mm. other stuff. So, but again, they don't know was it coming from there, going from there? Yeah. They just happened to be from there. Wow, that's awesome. The and the mechanism they they believe is an astrological mechanism used to predict astronomical positions and eclipses for calendar and astrological purposes mm-hmm. up to decades in advance. It could be used to track the four-year cycle of the athletic games, which was similar to the Olympiad, mm-hmm. the cycle of the ancient Olympic games. I know it was supposed to be a Christmas episode, Christmas yep. special, and but <laughs> the problem was I said it before Christmas was a thing. Yeah. Because um, I kind of said it before yeah, Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, hey, the 10th month is sort yeah, of December it's, it's in the, in yeah, the yeah. Uh, antiquity calendar, yeah. so it's sort of still in there at the end. Yeah. Um, and I wanted... What I wanted to do, last thing I'll say on it, is I wanted to create the mythology for something that no one knows anything about, really, mm. that does exist in the world. Mate, that's amazing. That is a, that's a lot to unpack. That's, ah. that's fantastic. Thanks I mean, very much. I, you, you speak for a bit now. In terms of actual story stuff, I, it is, um, I've got almost nothing to add on that because it's fucking out there. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's really good. It's very exciting. The only one thing that I, I had a thought... Um, oh, 
as like an addition, not not in any way. Yeah, shoot. Else. When they're going through the corridors and stuff, I thought it'd be quite cool. Cause you've got those like long fingered gloves sort of thing. Yeah, you could have them go down a corridor where they see like two or three of like the like um, usurper sort of guardsmen, and then, like they're sort of coming towards them a little bit. And as they get closer, you see like the kind of clawed hands coming through their faces. Oh yeah, nice. So, so they're like held like puppets. puppets. Yeah, like yeah. That. So they think, oh shit, guards, swords at the ready, and then these looming figures come behind them. Yeah, like um, little little. Aside. No, no, I love it. I love it. And I think that's that's exactly the kind of thing that I didn't really have a lot of space to yeah. add because otherwise I would have ended up writing mm. either a short story in yeah. its entirety or, or you know a much yeah. deeper synopsis. And I think so. I had to sort of just go here's the sort of big here's the big notes mm. and it sounded cheap when I was saying it I was like oh this is introduced with a scare or something yeah, no, but no, that's, no, that's exactly that. what I was driving yeah. at it's like oh there's so much room from this darkness yeah. that is, you know that you can just pull anything out of yeah. and because so the idea with the window lens thing was that they get a view into what a god wants to show mm. them. And so when they find a benevolent god, yeah. the god shows them nothing but things that will benefit yeah, people. Yeah, like wisdom and Wisdom, insight. learning, knowledge. Yeah. And then that sort of explains how people were able to invent this stuff that yeah, didn't exist. Yeah, in advance of everything else. You know, yeah. 1,500 years odd yeah. uh, in between. So, you know, this lens that they can change then would just, in theory, yeah. cycle through loads of kind of deities. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that on the island, the lens had been on this uh, mumus for yeah a hundred years or so, yeah, because, if not more. Yeah, because but, why would you why would you yeah, change? It was the most stable and yeah, exactly. The one I didn't end absolutely up no subtext to this at all. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it had a really nice stable, stable environment, yeah. and they thought, you know what, we've yeah. had enough of this. Some yeah, crazy yeah. fuckers thought we've had enough. Let's change it. Yeah, and then it's lo and behold, you know, you fucking skulls falling out through your skin yeah. before you know where you're at. Get the lens shift done. Which is, which is what they've done now. <laughs> Get the lens shift done, yeah. <laughs> Earlier on, you talked about could you make it a steampunk thing. Like, again, why you not? You can make it anything. You can make it anything yeah. you want because ultimately the island, although it's a Greek island, mm. is a fictional Greek island that then disappears, yeah. which is why yeah. nobody knows where the Antikythera mechanism and it, comes from. Yeah. And, and it exists outside of the world in a sense. Exactly. The fact that it is a port. Yeah. It has no people of its own. It has yeah. disparate people that have come from other places that yeah. make its people. So it's not like there's a native population. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it, you could do anything there and you could make mm. it somehow uh, excusable yeah. in the context. Oh, God, names. Um, yeah, it's difficult to know. There's something about knowledge or... Mirror to the gods. There's a bit on the nose. Knowledge of the gods. Yeah. It might be a bit too on the nose as well. Yeah. Mirror's End. It's a bit vague. Yeah. But like a computer game. It's a game, isn't there's no game called Mirror's End? Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge, yeah. Mirror's Edge, yeah. I mean, you could call it Antikythera. Yeah, yeah. But that isn't the name of the island itself, so just, I guess. Just, just call it Cogs. Cogs. Cognizant. Yeah. Mm. Cog Caper. Cod Caper? Yeah. Or no, God Cod, Caper? Cod Caper. Cog. Oh, Cog, Cog Caper. Cog Caper. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm out mate <laughs> we could call it island of something maybe yeah. or something island or mirror island <laughs> you love this mirror stuff I do um, I love a good mirror I like a budgie like that broken visions that's hmm. very good broken reflection shattered yeah. knowledge yeah that's a good one I like that because that, that speaks to the fact that we don't know what it is Moo's mirror face of the gods something like that uh, the face of god face yeah. of god we're quite cool. Inside of the gods. Mind of God. Deep inside God. Pre-Christ gods. <laughs> Pre-Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the Sorry. tenth month. You could call it the tenth month. It's a bit fucking flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's kind of nicely uh, vague. First Christmas. First Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> you would leave people going again. So what? Gift from gifts from gods. I don't know. I'm all out, mate. Oh. Or the broken frame. What would be cool, because of the sort of mist around the island, you could call it Greek myth. As in, as in Greek yeah, myth. Yeah, we've got time. We've got time to do that once. Greek uh, myth. As in myths, but yeah, yeah. myth. Because of mist. mist I myth. got it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I wasn't soft on it because I didn't understand. <laughs> Question the lens. They all sound really adventurous. Yeah. It's almost like Indiana Jones and the questioning lens. Mirrored knowledge? 
the gears of gods. You call it the great library. Yeah, of gods and mirrors. <laughs> it's quite on the nose. Not really a mirror, well, sort of mirror, yes, but it's in a weird way. Lens test. The knowledge mechanism. We're getting very close to like Dan Brown novel names. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Christ. The mechanical, I- mechanical Island. That's not bad. Sounds a bit kind of, again, Indiana Jones yeah. and the Mechanical Island. Yeah, it does. Um, I'd watch that, though. I would watch that. That's yeah. really good. But then I'd watch anything uh, with yeah. uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, except probably porn. Sunken Knowledge. Sunken Knowledge is not bad. The Sinking Lens. Sunken Gods. Sunken Gods. Sunken Gods is good. I think that might be the front runner. Certainly front runner. It yeah, yeah. just feels right and it has yeah. a it just works. And I think that brings us neatly to a sort of close. Really. Yeah, I think, think we're done. Sunken Gods then, episode fourteen. Do send us emails at let's make a horror movie yeah. at gmail.com or Twitter at Lamampod, L M A H M Pod. Mm. Also you can find us on Instagram under Let's Make a Horror Movie. Uh, you can find us on Bongo Bongo, uh, send us yeah. a bong. Yeah, bong oh, yeah, us yeah. twice, double bong us. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on Jeremy. Um, <laughs> well, he's so, screwed on his skin, isn't it? Yeah, so do us, uh, you know, come and give us a Jerry. Yeah. Um, you know, what don't, other, look, what, don't look in his eyes, though. What other, are we, uh, any other social media platforms? Um, No, but I, I'll talk about this off air. I'm on, um, we're also on Chips. If you find us on Chips, <laughs> come and give us a, um, a butty sandwich. We're, we're on Napster. We're on Napster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, 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 nice. Find us on LimeWire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just having fun making up social media <laughs> platforms. I thought Jeremy was quite a good yeah. one. Promokia. So you can find us on Promokia. Yeah. Yeah. Flips. Flips. Yeah, we're yeah, on, yeah. on Flips, obviously. Come and flash us on there. That's not my That's best what it's terms. That's yeah, their yeah. terminology. Yeah. But yeah, give us a high five on Hit Fast. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> stick, <laughs> stick your tongue out on flips. Stick your tongue out us on flips. Um, <laughs> put, your, put all your Jeremy's up yeah. towards us on jeremy.com. Light a flare on stacks. Any, any of that. On st- stacks, was yeah, it? Stacks. Yeah. And also track a like a bing bong um, <laughs> as well. Yeah. So, And produce. Don't forget produce. Um, <laughs> give us a lettuce on produce. Send us a lettuce. <laughs> if you can afford more than a lettuce, do us an iceberg. Mm. Iceberg will do on. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, hit us up on produce.com. Yeah. Iceberg. Yeah. I got an overdue the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the yeah. wife couldn't look at it. The late Sunday night, folks. Yeah. Um, we're all tired. It's been yeah, a long, God, it's been yeah, a long, long week. week. Um, it's been a real effort to get the squeeze a couple hours together yeah. to even record this. So Have a good Christmas, everyone. Have a great Christmas. We're going to do another Christmas special, yeah. or I think we're going to call them seasonal specials because it's tenuously Christmas oh, Mine related. is really Christmassy. Oh, it is? Mine's it's literally... a shame that it's probably going to come in after yeah. Christmas. Mine's set literally on Christmas. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Bit like Home Alone. Yeah, it is. It's Home Alone with Jesus. Home Alone. F- how many? Wait, did they have a few straight oh, to videos? Fuck no. So that make it pretty. Like you Home know Alone what? Five. Controversially, because my family love Home Alone, mm. I think it's shit. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I don't know why. I just don't like it. And 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 the weird thing is, I love that kind of movies as everybody of my age does. Um, Home Alone it just doesn't do it for me. What about Home Alone Two? Oh yeah, no, I love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> We'll stop talking now. Send us any feedback to Twitter, LamanPod, yeah. email at uh, let's make a horror movie at gmail.com, Instagram, yo, and whatever else, yeah. uh, Jeffries. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in uh, we'll see you in two weeks, yeah. I think. Bye bye. Let's make a horror movie, folks. Cheer up. <laughs>